Matthew chapter 24. We're going to be verses 36 to the end, page 994. Please do check what I'm saying this morning because the authority is in God's words. And my job is to proclaim that faithfully to you. Shall we pray as we come to God's words? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for another year to follow the Lord Jesus. We pray that as we think about his return now, it would do us good. We pray that as we hear Jesus' words about being prepared, that we would take them on board. Use your words powerfully now to change and mould us into those you call us to be this morning. Amen. Well, happy new year. It is a joy to stand before you on this first Sunday of 2024. And as we step into the unknown, the unknown that 2024 brings, we can't help but feel a sense of anticipation. Do you know what I mean? Uh, What's this year going to hold? Uh, What unexpected turns are we going to encounter? When we get to December 31st, 2024, what's going to have happened? I mean, the answer has to be, we don't know. In some senses, there is unlimited potential in a new year. But there is one, there is one thing we ought to be thinking about, and that is here in Matthew chapter 24. This is the last block of teaching in Matthew's gospel that Jesus gives before he goes to be crucified. And it focuses on his return. Just to give us some bearings, if you were to flick back a page or look at the screen, Jesus is answering a question. Jesus is answering a question in Matthew 24 from his disciples. That's those who follow him. It's back there in chapter 24, verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? These verses we're thinking about this morning are all about the when. When on the calendar is Jesus going to return? Uh, Can I circle? Can I hold my finger down and add an event on a box in 2024? Well, Jesus gives us the answer this morning. And it's the answer he gives to his, uh, his disciples there in verse 36. It's really climactic. Are you ready? Verse 36, are you ready? The day and the hour, no one knows. I mean, now at first glance, that might strike you as anticlimactic. I mean, it's almost annoying. Surely it would have been better if Jesus had told us when. Because if he told us when, we'd get ready. Give us a deadline and we'll have it done in time. But the great truth of this passage this morning, the great thing we're going to see this morning, is that this unknown time frame actually enables our discipleship to flourish. It actually enables, it actually allows us to follow Jesus more faithfully. The mystery of the moment fuels the urgency of our discipleship. So that means this morning we are talking about the wait, uh, the time between Jesus leaving and Jesus returning. And the question we're thinking about is this, what does it look like 
to follow Jesus while we wait for his return? What does it look like to follow Jesus while we wait for his return? Because rather than feeling annoyed at the lack of detail, we're meant to feel the urgency. Because uncertainty brings something that might be in the future close to home. Uncertainty brings something that may be in the future close to home. If you've ever been part of the Scouts or the Brownies or the Guides, you're going to know their tagline. It's be prepared. It seemed the answer to anything and everything in the Scouts is be prepared. Uh, A broken shoelace. Be prepared, carry a spare. Uh, Your torch running out of battery. Be prepared, carry a spare battery. Surprise bear attack. Be prepared, run faster than your friends. The Scouts take preparedness so seriously the one thing you always had to carry was a small pot, a film holder. And in that pot are the essentials. You'd get in there a small pencil, uh, some string, a pound coin. I mean, what can't you do with just those things? MacGyver, eat, ha- eat your heart out. But what you'd have to do is you'd have to have this, this pot. It was expected of you that you would have this pot on hand at all times. I mean, I don't think I actually used it. But when the scout leader approached me and said, prepare this kit, there you go, sort it. I could produce it in an instant. The point was, you never knew when that leader was going to come. So you had to make sure you were prepared at all times. It brought the future into my mind. It brought the scenario of when I'd need this into the present. It made the future feel close. It made the moment when I'd need the kit real not distant. When we're talking about the future, we're ultimately talking about Jesus' return. But I don't know if you're like me. I know it's coming, but I tend to think of that day as ultimately far from the future. Perhaps in my daughter's life, I mean the baby one. Uh, Perhaps in a few hundred years, not tomorrow, not now. It's easy to assume we'll have time, isn't it? I'll follow Jesus when I'm ready, some might say. I'll think about him on my deathbed. I've got loads of time. But what if there wasn't? What if there isn't time to get ready? What if Jesus could return as you queue up in Sainsbury's? Uh, What if he could catch you off guard like a thief in the night? What then? What Jesus is doing for his disciples here is bringing his return into the present with urgency. We may not know when it's going to happen, but if we listen this morning, we'll be prepared, we'll be ready. Living each moment as if his return is just around the corner. So the amazing truth this morning is that the unknown time frame of Jesus' return is not an obstacle, but an opportunity. It's not an obstacle, but an opportunity for us to be prepared for us to be faithful. So what does it look like to follow Jesus whilst we wait for his return? Well, to put it simply, it looks like keeping watch because the day and hour no one knows. It's like, it looks like keeping watch because the day and the hour no one knows. Once again, you see that, look at down at verse 36. Jesus answered to his disciples about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. 
Just pause there for a moment. Feel the weight of that verse will show you. In fact, let's emphasize this. Let's make this really clear. Nobody, underline, highlights, bold, nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. If anyone tells you they do know, they don't. Jesus is clear, isn't he, on that? And so as we wait for Jesus' return, we're not meant to be working it out. It isn't a cryptic puzzle in the times for us to solve. Uh, There's no pieces like a Christmas jigsaw puzzle to put together. There is no timeline that you can construct. Jesus doesn't say, does he? It is after this. It is simply unknown. No one knows. Boy, you can go home now. Done. No, Jesus doesn't stop his answer there, does he? Instead, he corrects our thinking. He gives us three illustrations of what it's going to look like following Jesus whilst we wait. And those illustrations are going to help us this morning to think about this ourselves. So what does it look like to follow Jesus while we wait for his return? Three illustrations. And the first is there in 37 to 42. Verses 37 to 42. It looks like Noah's day. So keep watch. People will be getting on with everyday business. As our first point this morning, if you're a note taker, if that's your New Year's resolution, here's the thing to write down. It looks like Noah's day, so keep watch. People will be getting on with everyday business. Have a look down at verses 37 to 42 as I read them. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. You might know the story of Noah from Sunday Club. We might know the story of Noah from reading him in Genesis. Either way, the days of Noah are similar to what it's going to look like as we wait for Jesus' return. And what was Noah's day like then? Well, we're told that in those days, people were eating and drinking. Uh, They were marrying and being given in marriage. Basically, they were getting on with everyday business, much like those around them. Uh, Perhaps they were going out for brunch. Perhaps they were writing to-do lists. Maybe they were scrolling their social media feeds. But in the midst of their routine, they were completely unaware that God was planning to flood the world. See, there was no date in the diary. There were no front page announcements in the newspapers. There was no really loud emergency alert from the government on their mobile phones. Instead, look at verse 39. They knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Just notice it's those in judgment who were taken away here. Just if you've heard this passage before. When the flood came, it took people away. They took away people who were engrossed in their daily routine, seemingly oblivious to what was going to lie ahead. Just like that. Just like that, Jesus says, will be like the coming of the Son of Man. His return is going to catch some people by surprise. So have a look at verses 40 and 41. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Uh, two women will be grinding with a handbell. One will be taken and the other left. 
The idea is not to think too hard about the detail of what Jesus is saying, other than people are going to be getting on with everyday business. Just like Noah's day, the flood will take people away. I mean, let's bring it in today, into today, shall we? Imagine you popped out to the supermarket. I mean, everyone does shopping rights. There's a real mix of people in the supermarket, aren't there? Uh, you get the suits and the track suits. You get the old age, the middle age, the teenage. All sorts of people racing around the aisles, each in their own world. Just imagine yourself in the supermarket. Just picture in your mind the people you see as you're pushing your trolley around. I mean, they don't look that different, do they? They're ordinary people going about their daily lives. What does Jesus say here? Some of those people will be prepared for what's to come and others are going to be taken by surprise. That really pushes urgency, doesn't it? It really pushes the urgency of discipleship and of making more disciples. Jesus could return as you're queuing up for Sainsbury's. Jesus could return as you just bought a bag for life. I mean, how useful would that be at that point? We laugh, but have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought Jesus could return as you're picking up a lettuce? I mean, it's so easy, isn't it, to get engrossed in our daily lives that we forget this. Oh, we can spend so much time scrolling our phones than reminding ourselves of Jesus' return. We can spend more time being worried about tomorrow than taking the time to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. How could you get your priorities right in 2024? If you carry on reading into the next chapter, there's some great ideas there. But you see, Jesus is emphasising no one, no one, no one knows the day or the hour. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. It's going to look like Noah's day, so keep watch. People will be getting on with everyday business. Jesus' next illustration picks up on another aspect of his return. And that is the timing is going to be unexpected. That's our second point this morning. What does it look like to follow Jesus while we wait for his return? Well, it's going to look like a thief in the night. So be ready. The timing is unexpected. It looks like a thief in the night, so be ready. The timing is unexpected. Have a look at verses 43 to 44 with me. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. I'm very fortunate to have never experienced a break-in. I am sorry if that is true for you, that you have. But there is one thing we can think about with break-ins and that is that they occur at precisely the moment you don't expect them. If you did know that a break-in was coming, you'd have set up the alarm. You'd have made sure that that window was shut. You'd have charged your video doorbell. You'd have bought a guard dog and sat downstairs all night with a deterrent in your hand. Essentially, you would have gone full Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. If you knew a thief was coming, you'd take every precaution to secure your home, wouldn't you? 
Well, what if Jesus returned? What if the timing of Jesus' return was as unpredictable as a thief in the night? How would that change your perspective on being ready for his return? Because that is what Jesus is saying here, isn't it? He's saying his return is going to be like that. Unexpected, catching many off guard, like the scout leader suddenly asking you for your preparedness kit. Jesus explicitly tells his disciples, and by extension, as all of us, the words in verse 44. Have a look at verse 44. So, you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. I mean, the point's so clear, isn't it? We don't know when Jesus is returning, so we should always be prepared. And that goes against most Hollywood films, doesn't it? About the end of the world. Uh, in those movies, the scientists, they've been warning us for years. Or the astronomers have been looking through the telescope and they see an asteroid in the sky. 24 hours to do something about it. And the rest of the film is stories of what the characters would have done with their final moments. Uh, the changes to their lives they would have made. The relationships they would have restored. Even in Christian circles, people can be found saying, well, this must happen before that happens. Uh, this war, uh, this big world event. And that goes against what Jesus is saying here, doesn't it? Jesus' return will be like a thief in the night. The timing's unexpected. No one knows when a thief is coming. If they did, they would go out and stop them. No one knows the day or hour of Jesus' return. So, we should live each moment as if Jesus' return is just around the corner. Not putting things off, but staying ready. Jesus emphasises, no one knows the day or the hour, so you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Jesus' return is going to be like a thief in the night, so be ready. The timing is unexpected. And the final picture Jesus gives us of what it's like to follow him whilst we wait for his return. Point number three, it looks like a master going away, leaving a servant in charge. So keep serving Jesus. He will return. It looks like a master going away, leaving a servant in charge. So keep serving Jesus. He will return. Let's see how Jesus explains that, shall we? Look at verses 45 to 51. Who then is the faithful and wise servant who the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But... Suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. At, a, at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm sure we've all been in a situation where a teacher or a boss or someone with authority has gone out of the room and has put someone else in charge. The inevitable question is always this, isn't it? Uh, how much mischief can you get away with before they return? Are they gone for a cup of tea or have they gone for the whole afternoon to the dentist? I mean, it's unknown, isn't it? 
The tension is in the air. The head teacher seems to be distracted over there. We're fine. That's Jesus' point here. Do you see here, the servant here faces a crucial choice. On one hand, they can be diligent and responsible. They can take care of the master's household. They can ensure that everyone is provided for at the right time. Uh, the kind of dedication emphasised in verse 46 leads to the servant being blessed, being acknowledged as a faithful and wise servant. You could do that. Or the servant could see the master's delay as a time to indulge their own desires. Look down at verse 48. The servant could say, my master is staying away a long time. Or they could then start to serve their own interests. The servant could put himself in his master's shoes. The servant could start bossing everyone else around. The servant could take a nap in the boss's recliner chair. But all of a sudden, there's the sound of a key in the door and they found out the servant is severely punished for what they've done. As verses 50 to 51 say, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you see the two contrasting options there, the two ways to live? Uh, you could be just like them or just like that master, Jesus is leaving and his return date is unknown. And just like here, he's left his servants in charge of his household. Two options. Are the servants going to serve the master? Or are the servants going to serve themselves? Because the key in the door could turn at any time and could catch you unaware. And that might be before you even expect it. Of course, Jesus is talking about his leaving and return. So the worst thing that we could do, the worst thing you could do is to see the time, to see the delay as the time to do what serves you best. Or to quote an advert from this Christmas, to do what you love. To be the master of your own fate, the captain of your own soul. Do you see what Jesus is saying here? To think of the master's return as distant is a grave error. To waste the time we have now not serving Jesus is actually a complete waste of time. Instead, the wise and faithful disciple is to act as if the master could return at any moment. To get on with what the master has given them to do. In this case... In Matthew's gospel, it is following Jesus, living his way, as this gospel shows. Ultimately, following the final words of Jesus in Matthew 28, making disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything Jesus commanded them. And so Jesus emphasises, no one knows the day or the hour so It'll be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Living in the gap between Jesus leaving and returning looks like a master going away, leaving his servants in charge. So keep serving Jesus because he's going to return. So then, <clears throat> no one knows the day or the hour. I mean, it could be 2024. It could be January the 7th, 2024. And so the call is to live in the now, to be 
prepared, to be wise, to be faithful, to keep watch, to be ready. I mean, just imagine with me for a moment that we did know the day. What if you did know the day Jesus would return? Let's just pluck a day out of the air, shall we? Uh, March the 23rd, 2024. When would you realistically start getting ready? March 22nd? Uh, what would you start doing? Uh, what would you stop doing? In fact, if you've got a bit of paper or phone, just write down, what would you start doing and what would you stop doing if Jesus was turning out tomorrow? Just give you a moment. Just think about that to yourself. Write it down. I mean, we all know the person who lives closest to where you're going to meet them, right? Just imagine all your friends are going somewhere. You know the person who lives closest. Perhaps that's you. But they know they've got time, don't they? They know they could roll out of bed and be in that place in seconds. So when do they start getting ready? I can't be certain. But I do know this. They are always late, aren't they? The confidence in having time translates into lateness. Don't do that with Jesus' return. See, that list of things you've either thought about or written down that you would start doing or stop doing if you knew Jesus was coming tomorrow, well, sort them out now. That's the point. Uh, maybe you've got friends and family who say, you know what, I'll follow Jesus on my deathbed or I'm going to enjoy my 30s, the prime of life, and then I'm going to get serious. Maybe you're thinking that in your own heart. Teenagers, CCY, I'm going to speak to you directly here. That's really tempting the younger you are. Take the time now, decide now to live as if Jesus could return any moment. Not just when you finish your GCSEs, uh, not then when you finish your A-levels, not even after university or whatever follows, because the adults around here can tell you there will always be something that follows. Follow Jesus now. See, if we did know the day when Jesus would return, then putting off following him properly would be a real serious temptation. It would slow down your discipleship. It would slow down your following of Jesus. You wouldn't, be ne- you wouldn't be serious until it was absolutely necessary. And even if you were serious, everyone around you would be telling you to calm down and slow down. Instead, Jesus' words here, not knowing the day or the hour or the moment, are actually brilliant, aren't they? Because the moment is pulled right into the present. We don't know when Jesus will return, so keep watch. People are going to be getting on with everyday business. We don't know when Jesus will return. His return is going to be like a thief in the night, so be ready. The timing's unknown. We don't know when Jesus will return. It's like a master who's gone away. He is going to return. So carry on serving Jesus. Keep watch. Be ready. That's Jesus' advice here. His advice, as you saw, peppered throughout the passage. Each one of those illustrations he's given uh, verse 42, therefore keep watch because you do not know when a son of, uh, you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Verse 44, you must also be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Verse 46, it'll be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Why not take one of those verses, print it out, stick it somewhere, set it as your phone home screen, Keep it at the front of your mind this year. See, as we navigate the unseen future of 2024, 
We want to be a community on mission with the words. We want to be a church that embodies readiness that Jesus is calling for. We want to be together as a household, as a family, anticipating, being prepared, keeping watch, being ready, knowing that Jesus' return is not merely an event far in the future on the horizon, but could be at any moment. Let's have that shape how we live, how we act now and into the rest of the year, shall we? Shall we pray that God would work that in us? Shall we pray? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that the day and hour of Jesus' return, no one knows. Thank you that that is a marvellous spur to help us stay ready. Please, would you do that for us this morning and for the rest of our days as well. Help us to keep watch because we do not know on what day our Lord will come. Help us to keep Jesus' return at the front of our minds, to not take our eyes off it and be found unprepared. Cause us to be ready for the Son of Man to come. Would we not be those who are surprised by his coming, like a thief in the night? And empower us to continue serving Jesus in his absence, because it is good for our master to find us doing so when he returns. Father, we pray to you that this year, that 2024, would be our greatest year of following Jesus yet. And we pray that you would help all of us to support each and every one of us to do that this year. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Any feedback or questions can be sent to podcast at david-couch.com and I'll catch you again next time.